Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the RV Podcast. And this week, our interview of the week is with a woman who has been camping for over 40 years in all kinds of RVs. This time, she is in a tiny truck camper. And loving it. Welcome, fellow travelers. It's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions, sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information. Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. Well, this is episode 371 of the RV Podcast. I'm Mike Wendland, and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. Hello, Michael. All right. Lots to talk about this week. We're going to have a great interview with uh, one of the uh, uh, fellow campers that we met on our recent meetup on the Mississippi. You're going to just love this woman's story. And uh, if you've ever been worried about going off camping alone, um, she's going to put those fears to rest because uh, she has been everywhere. Well, we need to hear that because a lot of people are fearful. And, and even if uh, you've, you've not, just wait till you hear this woman's attitude and how over over four decades of RVing, she has adjusted and just uh, continues to enjoy it. And uh, you're going to love meeting her uh, coming up a little bit here in the interview of the week. Uh, we've got some feedback that we want to share with you. And uh, one of them comes from uh, one of our audience uh, members named uh, Sheila. And Sheila sent us a note uh, that we want to pass along because she offers up a warning about... A Something potential we never would have thought of. Never would have thought about it. So you, you okay. share it. Share it. Sheila she says, I would like to add a warning about magnetic knife holders in RVs. Sheila had a friend who had some of these knives in their large Tiffin diesel pusher traveling between Virginia and Wyoming. Last trip they had to, uh, they had to slam on the brakes to avoid hitting someone who pulled out in front of them. And the larger knives, not the smaller ones, but the larger knives went flying. <laughs> One embedded in the dinette leather seating, another hit the front seat. These are great when you're stationary, but can be dangerous on the highways unless you have some type of guard to prevent them from becoming airborne or if you were to roll over the unit, that uh, might be enough to, to hold them in place. So Sheila saw it with her own eyes. So there's no exaggeration going on. And perhaps putting them away when traveling is best. I guess so. I never would have thought. Now, we've had things fly off countertops before. Oh, yeah. uh, we've had cabinets open and things fall out. We've had the refrigerator the open. open. And that's one of the reasons our dog, Bo, is so terrified to leave the cabin of the RV where Jen and I are sitting because he has had things fall on him out in the RV. But I never thought about knives because a lot of people have those magnetic yeah. knife holders. And I can see when you're in a big RV and you feel like it's your truly is your home because it's so big and spacious and everything that having these uh, this magnetic knife holder... Sounds like a good idea. Sounds like it. Um, we've got a lot of feedback about some of our recent comments about uh, etiquette and uh, manners and uh, practicing basic uh, courtesy and uh, consideration uh, in campgrounds. And we want to share uh, a few of them. Okay, this one is from Carrie. 
As a very long-time RVer and camper, more than four and a half decades, I'd add, don't run the generator all night unnecessarily. And Carrie was recently camping in a tent at a free campground in southern Colorado. The night cooled down nicely so that opening windows would have been appropriate for the RVer. But the occupants of a large motorhome ran their generator all night long instead. Oh, yeah, I can relate to that. Um, some campgrounds have uh, generator-free areas. Uh, other people just aren't very considerate, and they don't realize how noisy they are outside. They're mm-hmm. certainly noisy inside, and yeah. I don't know how maybe their air conditioner was so noisy that it <laughs> equaled out. I don't know. Um, but um, that's a great point. If you have on a generator, be courteous. Uh, we got a letter from a note from um, somebody named Joel, and he said uh, maybe it's not a rule, but a pet peeve of ours is when other campers come to chat you up, <laughs> and they tend to chat you up not when you're relaxing or sitting around and obviously uh, are available to talk, but always when you just arrive and you're trying to set up. Or when you're breaking down to leave and you got all these things that you want to do in order. And that's a pretty good, I can understand that. Oh, we have had that happen. You know, you're getting in and you you want to eat or you got to take the dog for a walk and you need to hook everything up. Yeah. It's easy to be excited to see somebody and want to chit chat. Now, you got a note from somebody named Farrell that I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, Farrell was upset and he said, don't get me started on those new rigs with those glow lights and <laughs> plastered everywhere. It's like being at a carnival. Yeah, it is. It is. Some people with their lights are just like a little overkill. And, you know, most people come to get away from the lights and uh, in a crowded campground, uh, you know, maybe for a little while, it's, I guess it's okay. But You could have uh, fun with the lights for a little while, but yep. turn them off. Don't turn leave them, them on all night. Turn them off. And, and then we got a note from James. And James said he would add one more item, and that is uh, about dumping your tanks and storing your hose. And he, he's seen this, he said, many times before, where somebody in a campsite, you know, with a full hookup, um, will put their sewer hose right over the fresh water spigot and then turn the spigot on and use that fresh water to rinse that sewer hose. And he said, uh, I've seen this done a couple of dozen times and there's nothing more disgusting to witness. You're absolutely right. Uh, That is not how you, you, you rinse it out, you know, hook up your own hose and do it away. And then you got to clean up the area. It's best if you're going to do that, do it in a official dump station, not, necessarily at a campsite. Um, oh, just a mess. That's one of the reasons we use a macerator. And we're big fans of macerators because we don't have that stinky slinky that we have to clean out as well. Um, all right. Well, those are just some of the, the things. And you don't have to agree with all of them, but they're little things that, you know, if we can be aware of that, we can be a little more considerate of everybody. And that's what camping's all about, especially these days in crowded campgrounds. Right? And uh, it really is true that whatever you're doing, everybody's sitting around and a lot of eyes are on you. <laughs> oh, yeah, too many sometimes. <laughs> Way too many. All right. Uh, hey, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Just uh, send us an email, Mike and Jen 
at rvlifestyle.com. We love to get your comments, your questions, and uh, your suggestions and tips as well. When we come right back, you're going to meet Nettie and uh, our interview of the week about uh, living alone in an RV in a tiny truck camper. And she's going to give us a tour of that as well. For those of you who watch, and, uh, watch the video version of this, you'll, you'll see it as well. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Whether you're staying close to home or wheeling across the country, RVers need the best value in medical coverage. Peace of mind for RVs.com has a Medicare enrollment specialist with 16 years of experience and can tailor your Medicare plan selection with the choices that matter most to you. So you can keep your doctors and make sure your prescriptions and medical care are covered wherever you travel. Peace of mind for RVs.com will help you get the most out of your Medicare coverage, choose just the right options, and they can even get you squared away with all the things that Medicare may not cover, like specialized emergency transportation coverage, air ambulance coverage, dental, vision, hearing, all at the best bang for the buck and tailored specifically for the RV lifestyle. You can find out more and get all your questions answered by going to peaceofmindforrvs.com. That's peaceofmindforrvs.com. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country, and there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10. When you buy $99 or more in merchandise, you'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and that we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. Welcome back, everybody, to our interview of the week. And this week, we're interviewing Nettie Bunton. She's a 71-year-old widow. Yep, and she uh, has been RVing for more than 40 years now. She lives in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, she is on the road somewhere every month, and she has had just about every RV of every different size that you can imagine. Uh, and these days, she travels alone in a tiny truck camper. It's towed by a small pickup. And she loves every single minute of it. Now, she's going to share some of her adventures. And uh, I think you're going to love Nettie, our very special guest on the interview of the week, uh, as she shares what it's like living alone in a tiny truck camper. Tell us how many RVs you have had. Oh, I believe this is number nine. Number nine. Yes. And you are now in a Capri uh, truck camper. Yes towed by a Chevy pickup. Yes, a small Chevy, a Colorado. And what caused you to get a truck camper? I had a truck camper before, back in the 80s, uh, and I enjoyed that. Uh, I've had such a variety. I started in the early 70s with a Volkswagen bus pop-up thingy, you know, uh, hippie mobile. <laughs> and uh, I went from small vehicles to... Class C's to a small motor home, and I thought this is ridiculous. And then I started going smaller, and down to a pleasure way, 
And then I wanted to go back into a truck camper. And uh, I loved my Colorado. And I had a company. The Colorado being the the pickup truck. The pickup truck. And um, so I found a company in Texas that would custom make um, truck campers for any size vehicle. And it had to be light. I can't carry a lot of load. So uh, I found this Capri company. And uh, they built me uh, an RV that's under 1,000 pounds. So I could handle that with beefing up my suspension and heavy-duty tires. Um, I'm okay. And you are a solo traveler? I'm a solo traveler. No dogs? No dogs. No cats? No cats. Cats at home. I have have, uh, two cats, two chickens at home. How often are you on the road? Oh, uh, recently, I guess every few months I go for two... The longest was this summer I went out to Wyoming and around uh, for three weeks. So because uh, I don't want to impose on my pet sitters too long. So two to three weeks every few weeks. What has caused you to go back to a truck camper? Because you don't see those nearly as much yeah. as you used to see them. Well, I guess uh, I like the uh, agility. I'm, I guess I'm more of a traveler than I am a camper. So you give up comfort when you go little like this, but I make a lot of wrong turns and I can make UVs very easily with this because the turning radius is very good. So I like the fact that I have everything on board. Um, if I, if my favorite vehicle, I think was the pleasure way, but uh, they're just gotten so expensive now that it's uh, cost prohibitive for me. So this was an affordable way that I could get into a unit that had the same quality and capability. And how long have you had this? Uh, about a year. Yeah. About a year. This is the second second one I've gotten from this company. I had even a smaller, um, but I couldn't stand up in it, so I opted for one that had the cab over. Well, you know you have to show us now the inside. Oh, no. Yep. Okay, sure. <laughs> the camera is always flattering. To uh, None of our RVs are... Hey, we use our RV, so we all want to see it, but I have got to see it. So uh, give us some ideas of the size of it and all that stuff. Okay, the the truck is uh, 18 feet long, which makes it nice because I can go any uh, park anywhere, park and park. I really have it cramped up here, but uh, (laughs) uh, I'm used to working with a porta potty. Yeah. So that's my my potty, and usually I... Uh, go to campgrounds and use their and there's your bed in the back yeah you have the option of of sleeping on the bench or using uh, the upstairs part for a bed storage Um, on the side and you use bins that is a big thing yes for a refrigerator you've got a a dramatic 12 volt refrigerator and so much storage in here looks a lot neater when I have everything put away. And you've got uh, your air conditioner in? I have an air conditioner. I, and a fantastic fan going? Yeah, the fantastic fan I like. Air conditioner, not so much. Yeah. And it's 30 amps, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. 30 amp service. And uh, so you, the porta potty makes it real easy for you? Yes. At my age, I have to get up in the middle of the night, and it's convenient. <laughs> and it's just really neat how you have that set up. It's uh, very well insulated. It's very comfortable, um, whether it's hot or cold. Um, and I ask for a lot of windows. Like I said, this company will make any camper that you want. Well, let's let's go talk some more about 
uh, all the camping and the things that you have learned okay. uh, along Great. the way. How how many years have you been camping? Well, oh, off and on. Um, <laughs> I guess I was inspired um, when I went with our neighbor. They had a pop-up camper, and we went to the Poconos in Pennsylvania. And I thought, geez, this is just the best. And uh, then I got into scouting. Of course, you tent camp and scouting. Um, but seriously getting into like an RV, I guess it was sometime in the 70s. Wow. So you've got, on. you've got some miles under those tires. I have some tires. miles. Yes, I do. Yes. What advice would you give to those who want to know, particularly solo female travelers, uh, about getting out there? First of all, it's a huge percentage. Every place we go, we're yes. finding more and more. Yes. And I wonder yes. if you are, too. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Any rally or gathering I get to, um, there's always a lot of ladies out on the road by themselves. You know, the what are the concerns that they had before they went? Oh, uh, just fear. Um, somewhat they concerned about their safety, but more... Can they handle the rig? Some of them are uh, widows, and, and they, they said the husband always did the driving, and they didn't do a lot of it, didn't have the experience, so that was fearful. They had to get over that fear. Um, so it was safety and, and the, the fear of driving of something bigger than their car, I would say, is the two major points I hear. And what advice do you give them? Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Uh, you can go to a, a Walmart parking lot at uh, after it closes and um, practice with the reg till you get comfortable with backing it up and doing everything that you have to do. And um, as far as safety, it's so blown out of pres- uh, proportion that uh, it's much safer. People are wonderful. Uh, I've broken down many times, and uh, I've always had someone come to my rescue. Uh, it's just great. You know, I'm, I've never had... Uh, Never really had a scary situation. I was fearful. What's your favorite type of camping? My favorite type of camping? Oh, there's boondocking, oh. there's rallies, there's moochdocking, there's campgrounds. Uh, I guess I would have to say rallies and campgrounds. And the reason for that, and I do enjoy Harvest Host, especially if I meet other campers. Um, but I'm traveling myself, so I kind of enjoy going into a campground where there's other people. Um, you see the activity, even kids playing and stuff. It it's kind of breaks it up from just being by yourself. So I kind of enjoy the um, uh, the campground thing. Tell us a little bit about yourself, family, uh, just to help us get to know oh, you a little bit. Oh, man. Um, geez. Um, I've had a variety of different jobs. I was in the golf course business. Um, I sell uh, emu oil products now online. I still like semi-retired. Um, I've sold real estate. I've done a little bit of everything, but fortunately, every job I've ever had, I've had downtime. When I was in the golf course business, I was I'd put the RV together, and away I'd go to Florida for January. We'd close the golf course and head to Florida. So I um, I really enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, that's about as exciting as I get. How about your family? <laughs> uh, my only surviving sibling now lives in Pennsylvania. Uh, so I kind of, I live in Florida and there's, I don't have any family down there. So I'm kind of on my own now. 
But, uh, uh, we married uh, kids. I, I was briefly. Yes, I'm. I'm, I'm a widower. Widow. I mean, um, and uh, no kids. Just I had uh, furry. I traveled with the dogs. I had two dogs in the past, um, and now I'm down to cats. <coughs> Excuse me, and two chickens. <laughs> no. So you have had all these different RVs. You're now in this awesome little camper. Uh, what's it been like this year? You've heard all we've heard all these stories about how COVID's changed everything. Is it any different this year than it's ever been? For you? A little bit, but not enough to keep you from traveling. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I was up, up and back to Pennsylvania a couple times. I was out west. Um, some of the visitor centers and so on were closed. Uh, you had to um, check to see whether the, you had restrooms. There were some places I couldn't go because they did not consider me self-contained. But uh, not really. It didn't. It didn't uh, really change things very much. Well, people worry about when they're too old to RV. Uh, we have met people uh, well into their nineties now. Yes. And uh, you know, you don't have to go climb mountains to enjoy this, yes. right? You, you just have to alter. Uh, I don't do the same things I did when I was thirty, um, and I don't have the same energy level as I did when I was thirty. But um, uh, you just adjust. Yeah. You know, I do more sightseeing, I guess, than out hiking. I used to be a member of the Appalachian Mountain Club and go sleep on a mountain somewhere. Well, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, you've got a really nice yeah, camper have, right have, over there. Yeah. I have my tent on wheels now. That's that's what Jennifer calls our little <laughs> yes. motorhome. Yeah. yeah. So, Nettie, <laughs> thank you for sharing that and showing us that and uh, giving us a, a sense of the adventure that awaits out there. Uh, your favorite place? Oh, my favorite place. Yeah. Anywhere near the water. I just love water. Yeah. Uh, ocean. Excuse me, I gotta dry through. Um, so yeah, large lakes, large mud puddles. I mean, I just like being near water. That's, That's what I guess anywhere is with water. Thanks for uh, getting us all excited about this. Yes. Oh, good. Very good. We met Nettie at our meetup on the Mississippi. And what a delightful tale she had to tell. Yeah. And she, her camper was perfect. Her yeah, camper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you see her T-shirt? She said, I survived the 60s twice. <laughs> Being physically, chronologically 60, and of course, the 1960s. That's pretty good. I guess we can say that about ourselves. Yeah. We'll survive. Get a bunch the, of those printed up. Yeah, we should. Hey, that could go to our merch store. Right. Hey, do you know somebody we should interview? Uh, maybe you. Uh, if you got a story that you think that uh, uh, the audience would love to hear, just send us a note at Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. We'll be right back. And when we come back, we've got the news of the week and your questions about the RV lifestyle. So stay with us. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battleborne batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And they'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborne battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborne batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium rvlifestyle.com 
slash lithium. Have you had it with overbooked, overcrowded campgrounds? Then check out Harvest Hosts, where RVers can overnight for free at more than 2,400 wineries, farms, microbreweries, golf courses, and attractions. Harvest Host is a membership service for those with self-contained RVs looking for unique, beautiful, and peaceful overnight camping experiences across North America. When you become a member of Harvest Host, you can camp for free at all these places. Jennifer and I are Harvest Host members, and we've made so many great memories at Harvest Host locations. There's no charge for camping, and your Harvest Host membership fee is easily made up with just a couple of stays. Plus, you have awesome places to stay. If you use our special affiliate link of rvlifestyle.com slash HH, you'll automatically get 15% off the cost of your membership. That's 15% off. But you must use the special link, rvlifestyle.com slash HH. All right, welcome back. Time now for the RV news of the week. And what caught your attention this week? Gas prices. Man, California has really got the high gas prices. They seem to be going up every week. We've read that gasoline prices hit a record high in California last week with an average price of $4.67 per gallon. Now, in some many places in California, it's over $5, mm-hmm. but that's the average. And it varies, of course, throughout the state, and it varies state to state, but... Holy cow. Um, what Do you know what the national price is, uh, what the average is? Well, it seems like the uh, national price is three forty one per gallon, up 15 cents from a month ago. Wait a minute. Up 15 cents from in one month, month. One month. One yeah. month. Pretty scary. How about from a year ago? A year ago, it's $1.31 higher than a year ago. Man, man. And like you say, prices vary from state to state. It depends on if you live near a pipeline or a refinery, where exactly you're located. Yeah, uh, it's it's frightening to watch it all go up. Mm-hmm. And uh, even the president said that it's going to continue doing that into 2022. Mm. So, but man, uh, I don't know at what point the price of gas becomes a factor in people not RVing. Uh, most RVers are more affluent than the general population, so they don't get hit quite as 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 fast. But still. Uh, Gas prices are really, I mean, it's unbelievable how fast they have been going up. So, Well, then you've got families out there that, uh, you know, really will hit them hard. But we do know this. Harvest Host, uh, this is a story that caught my attention this week. Harvest Host, uh, who's one of our sponsors here in the RV podcast, uh, they released, they did a big study, a national study. uh, And it was very interesting about the state of RV travel and how it's changing It's really changing a lot. Yes, people are traveling more and more and more. They're not staying home. We knew that. But the thing that I think that this study really bore to mind is that they're camping later in the season than they normally do. Yeah, they're they're not uh, packing it up and putting it away. Some people have their RVs out all year long. And then they're doing something that Harvest House calls trip stacking. You ever heard that term before? It it means uh, using road travel as an optimal backup for any plans that people make now that airline travel is starting to come back again, and particularly for um, holiday-related travel when everybody mm-hmm. is, you know, after two years pretty much of this pandemic, people are, are gathering more than they have at least in the last two years. And it says that many people are thinking that road travel is still a better way. 
And they're continuing. Uh, they think that it'll stay that way through 2022. But there were a number of highlights on the thing. You want to share some of those study reports that we have? Well, uh, like I say, um, how, uh, travelers are remaining cautious and considering trip stacking, which you said with uh, road travel is an optimal backup for their plans involving flights. Yeah, the thing the that, holidays. That, that caught me is some of the stats that uh, 63% of travelers are planning RV trips late in the season. And 26% now are keeping their RVs out year round. Uh, now, in a sense, that doesn't sound like too hard because a lot of people are down south where they don't have to winterize. But uh, I think in the last year, RVers discovered that RV season is not limited to just the warm right. weather it's not months. Just those couple of months in the summer. And everybody reported taking more RV trips this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead of retiring their RV, putting it in storage when cold weather comes, they're prolonging it. Uh, and a number said that now they're going to go year round. 40% of the RVers in those studies um, found uh, that they took more than, said they took more than five road trips in 2021. And they said it's typically a spontaneous mode of travel, but as it gets more popular, 23% are now planning out one to three months in advance. Right. They know they have to book campsites ahead of time. It's not like the old days when you could just kind of go wherever you wanted to go. And also, I think a lot of people are not using the traditional campgrounds and using places like Harvest Host and Boondocking. And uh, 23% of RVers are uh, making plans in advance now. And they said that the RV campground competition and the shortage of campsites has affected 41% of everybody they surveyed. So um, lots of lots of interesting stuff. Overall, I think it shows this resurgence in travel, uh, continued desire to do road trips, uh, the popularity of an RV, um, and uh, even as air travel is starting to regain its footing, many travelers are saying that they'd rather go by road, take a road trip. So for RVing, it looks pretty bright. I have to tell you, you know, we were considering flying the other day and and we even booked our tickets using our frequent flyer points. And then we both just kind of looked at each other and said, I don't think so. Yeah. So I don't like wearing a mask. And yeah. It's a actually, lot of people closed in in a small area. As this as this podcast is being released, we will, uh, Lord willing, be on the road in our RV. And it's a trip that's uh, about a nine-hour drive from that we're taking. And we were thinking about flying it because it's 600 miles, I think. We were going to fly. And by the time you leave for the airport, go through all of that hassle, get on an airplane that's crowded with a whole bunch of people whose health you may not be aware of, mm-hmm. and then you know get a rental car and then leave the airport and go through all of that. And then all the delays and the uncertainty of sitting in an airport and flights you know, being delayed and canceled... It's just easier to drive. And and so we're all excited about it, actually. We're, our RV is winterized, so we're going to probably spend a, a night going and a night coming back on the road. Mm-hmm. And um, no big deal. We just will use, we'll carry fresh water for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so interesting study from Harvest Host. Uh, how do you feel about that? Send us your comments, reaction, uh, Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. Ready for the RV questions of the week? I am ready. All right. Um, one from Bridget. 
And she says, uh, you, do you have a question there? You want to give her a little? Right. Here she is. She says, who can fix camper furnaces? She says, we called the dealerships around us. And they all said at least February, February until we could get in. Yeah, that's the problem. It, it, trying to get any work done at an RV service place, a dealership, is, is stacked up just as RV dealers uh, are reporting, you know, two and three years sometimes delays in getting a new RV. Getting service is two and three months out sometimes now because they don't have enough help. That's just and enough parts. It's hard to get parts. So uh, how do you fix the furnace? You need somebody to go in and actually look for it. Mm -hmm. And we have one piece of advice that we would share with Bridget. And I don't know where she was when this happened. Um, but if you're in a campground, go to the campground and ask them, for a mobile RV tech. Every campground has uh, usually a couple of cards up of people who come into the campground and do repairs right on site. We have used them across the country under all sorts of challenges and every single time we've, we've, we've uh, needed repairs and we couldn't get into a dealership, a mobile tech has showed up and, and these guys know their stuff. They do. I think a lot of them were former service techs at a dealership. So they've had wide experience and then running their own business, they see all the most common things like, you know, a heater that doesn't work, an mm -hmm. air conditioner that doesn't work, a slide out that's having problems. These guys know how to fix it. So um, so even though the dealership may not be able to get it, get her in, our recommendation to her would be uh, to um, to basically call a mobile RV tech. They're, they're all around the country. And then campgrounds are a good place to look or just Google mobile RV repair near me. All right. And question from Rita. Rita says, ordered in, in February and put down a deposit. Now the dealer has told them there'll be an extra $10,000, she asked. Is that legal? Yes. It really is? It, it's pretty much legal. Ooh. Yeah. You know, the, the challenge is um, parts go up, you know, costs go up. Mm-hmm. And in your contract, unless it's specifically said, and I'm sure it did not, that you you know that price is guaranteed no matter what. Um, you know, you ordered almost a year ago, ten months ago, and uh, parts have gone up. Availability has become scarcer. So, ten thousand dollar increase ah, that's a lot, but uh, it doesn't surprise me. So uh, I don't know what to do. And you know, the, the dealer probably wouldn't care. If you walked out of the deal because somebody else would buy it. Maybe. Yeah. There's yeah. probably a clause in there for a penalty fee. Who probably. Knows? Yeah, probably. Now, we had another question. We had a question on our recent Ask Us Anything. I don't know if folks know that we do a hour-long question and answer about the RV Lifestyle every Sunday night on YouTube on the RV Lifestyle channel. And we had one just this week uh, from somebody who um, was being asked to put $10,000 down to order an RV that wouldn't be delivered for three years. And she wanted to know, should I do that? And our advice to her was, I wouldn't put that much money down and tie it up for three years. So, uh, you know, it's just strange times out there, strange times. But for Rita's case, I think, I think they probably, uh, unless your contract was different, um, that's what that new RV is gonna cost because the cost it was in February is obviously not the cost that it is going to be whenever it's delivered. 
uh, whether it's next week or in 2022. So that's something if you're ordering an RV, if it's at all possible to say, is it, am I going to have to pay more or is this locked in at this price? I think an honest dealer is going to tell you that you're probably, it's probably, the price is probably going to be different, you know, than when you take possession of it, uh, when it's actually built. Strange times, anywhere from a year to three years out, depending on which kind of an RV you get to get a new RV. And they want you to put down a pretty big deposit. And, you know, that money's just sitting there doing nothing. Uh, so those are tough choices for people. That really is. All right. You got a question for us? We'd love to take it for us. You can just uh, send it to us at, by email, Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. And every now and then somebody will actually take their smartphone and they'll just record a, a question and say, hey, uh, Mike and Jen, here's my question. Just do it in selfie mode. And we can use that as well. So email us your selfie questions by video. You'll go right to the head of the line and get on the next podcast. All right. This is uh, time now for us to help you get excited about finding something with our hidden campground gem. Mark Kep always has such great spots that he finds. And this week, it's in Wyoming. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mike and Jen. Thank you, everybody. Today in our Hidden Gem Campground of the Week, I'm going to go to an area that um, my family and I love. And I know Mike and Jen, you guys love this area, too. And it's called Dubois or Dubois, Wyoming. And I've got it narrowed in here to this area. And there are a number of campgrounds and RV parks here. And what makes this area unique, I'll back out just a little bit to kind of provide you a reason why it's a hidden gem. In order to get to Dubois or Dubois, I always screw up the names. In order to get there, you actually have to come into it from the east side and from the southeast side of Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Park. It's not a popular spot to go. A lot of folks from L.A. will come up on the west side. A lot of folks from out in the west or in the east will come up through Cody. And a lot of people miss this area. And that's why it's a hidden gem. So the private RV parks are actually near the town. Absolutely amazing. But as you drive from town along US 26, you're going towards Moran Junction. Um, if you're familiar with Grand Teton National Park in Yellowstone, Moran Junction is the view. In fact, when you drop down this US 26 coming into Grand Teton National Park from the east towards the west, you are presented with these majestic views of the Teton Mountains uh, framing your drop into the valley. There's an absolutely stunning way to enter this region and it's less known. And that takes us to our Hidden Gem Campground of the Week. The campground is Falls Campground. It's a US Forest Service campground, but you'll notice we don't have a virtual tour of it. And that's because it's not reservable. It's a first come, first serve campground with very light usage, meaning not a lot of folks go there. What's unique about this campground is it actually has electric hookup sites. In fact, the U.S. Forest Service just remodeled this one. So this video is actually outdated. They've redone this campground since this video was captured and it was already nice before. So it's gravel roads, gravel sites, electric hookups, and some of the biggest Forest Service um, camping sites you can possibly imagine. And as a bonus, this campground is also a short walk away from its namesake, which is called Falls. The, the falls are right there. There's a waterfall that you can walk to right from the campground. It is beautiful. I am actually sharing with you a hidden gem that we stay at. In fact, I took these photos. So that's the walk and that's the view of the waterfall with the mountain in the backdrop. Sunsets are absolutely amazing. It's at a higher altitude. So even in the summer, it stays cool. So you have really nice nights for camping. Plenty of space between the campsites. Again, it's a first come, first, come, first serve campground. 
but it's not very popular. It is absolutely hidden gem. So it's highly likely that you're going to grab a site in this campground. If you have a big rig, you're going to be all right getting in there. I would just have a fallback back at one of the private RV parks back towards your ease. So our hidden gem campground of the week, I'll throw a link into the description below for you, Mike. And um, if you're looking for a great campground outside of Yellowstone or Grand Teton National Park and you're hearing everything's full, this one's not. Talk to you later. All right. Thank you so much, Mark. That's uh, one of our favorite towns. Du Bois is just a perfect cowboy town. Mm -hmm. And uh, we spent our anniversary there one year. And <laughs> uh, uh, it's I great. I have, a, I have a picture. I have a picture on my wall of some, some horses that we found uh, there that we took pictures of and friendly horses, beautiful horses. And mm -hmm. I'll have to put those up sometime. Um, but uh, check it out. If you want to go to that specific campground that Mark just showed you, uh, just look, uh, we'll put a description below and we'll put it in the uh, show notes for this episode that you find at rvlifestyle.com. So that's the podcast for this week. We'll be back next week with more. Thank you guys so much for watching. Happy trails.